Hey everybody, welcome to the New Life Church. Hope you guys are having a great morning. Are you guys having a good morning? That's right, man. As the weather starts getting colder, right, uh, every good morning is a morning without snow. It'd be, by, it'd be like what I would suggest, right? Is anybody else with me on that one? Okay. Are there snow people in the room right now, though? Okay, good. I'm, I'm at, that's, I, I knew that we were the, like, you know, minority. That's actually who I am. I'm a snow guy. But I knew that, you know, I should speak to the majority first. So um, I, I get it. I get it, right? Because I know where my wife's at. She's in the majority, uh, she would hope that ne- Nebraska would all of a sudden become like a, an oceanfront, you know, state. Um, <clears throat> honey, I think we should buy that property. It might be oceanfront someday. Um, well, anyways. Hey, my name is Jeff Baker. I'm one of the pastors on staff. We are wrapping up an incredible teaching series that we've been through for the last few weeks called Kingdom Builders. How many guys have enjoyed Kingdom Builders series, huh? <clears throat> Man. We've, uh, we've had some guest speakers here with us last week, uh, and actually, yo, yet last night, I didn't mean last week, last night I was out working at our North Platte construction project, which by the way, the new church in North Platte is going to be amazing, okay? And anybody from any of our other campuses that goes and visits it, once it's done, you're going to say to yourself, why don't, we, why don't we just like demolish what we have and rebuild, okay? Um, and we, we can't do that. But I was out there working, and uh, man, this is a wonderful young lady who attends our North Platte campus, came up to me, and she goes, Pastor, I've been loving this Kingdom Builder series. I love all these guest speakers, not even knowing who's going to be there. Every single one of them has been, ama- been amazing. Who's going to be speaking this week? And I said, it's going to be me. And she went, oh. <laughs> and turned and just walked away. You're wonderful. I love you. And I know you, did. I know you love me. All right. Um, but it's been great. We've been hearing God's heart reaching the lost. That's one of the things I've, I've loved. We've been challenged just to join God. And we've been highly encouraged by some of our Kingdom Builder partners. Now, if you don't know what Kingdom Builders is, Kingdom Builders is our, is our generosity muscle of our church, right? Where we just, we give hundreds of thousands of dollars away just to see God's kingdom advance and God's kingdom grow and people find Jesus and lives changed. And today, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be talking about money today, but I'm not talking about money that you're going to give uh, just to the church that we're just all going to use on ourselves. I'm talking about how we can be generous with what God's given us so that through Kingdom Builders, right, we can give it away to other, other ministries and other missionaries around the world to fulfill God's purpose on this earth. So Kingdom Builders for us is three basic initiatives. Future Christian leaders, this is where we want to see, you know, more young people um, and adults, by the way, raised up to be, to be in full-time vocational ministry. So we give to organizations and even people here locally that, you know, are uh, pursuing uh, the call of God on their life. Um, local church expansion we believe that the local church has to be healthy and has to be strong or how in the world are we ever going to reach out to the ends of the earth and then lastly we believe in the ministries that go to the ends of the earth we just refer to it as global outreach now look we set a goal for 2020 as a church right I came to you back at the first week of February 
And I said to you guys, here's the goal, and we gave you the Kingdom Builder book, and it communicated to you all of the the organizations and missionaries that we were going to give to. And we said, look, God willing, if God were to give us, you know, our goal, we would give it all the way to these organizations. It was vision from the beginning. I'll do the same thing again the last Sunday of January in 2021. I will tell you up front that if we give to Kingdom Builders, this is where it's going to go, all right? It's already pre-committed. Um, so then it's a matter of faith now. Now it's a matter of like, well, God, if you provide the dollars, then we can keep those missionaries in the field. If you provide the dollars, then we can help these other organizations that are you know, helping people find Jesus and lives being changed. So after adjusting our goal because of COVID, how many of you guys know COVID affected a few things? It affected missions as well. And it, it, uh, it hindered some of the things that we wanted to be able to give to that just weren't able to happen. So after an adjusted goal of tw- for 2020, our adjusted Kingdom Builder goal, it was $383,000, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money to just go, hey, where can we give this away, amen? Um, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun doing this together. And I, I'm encouraged to say this, that even in the midst of a COVID year, guess how much money you guys have given to date, this is two dates, okay? How much you've given that, by the way, we have already given it away. $305,567. Oh, and by the way, 50 cents. I think that's encouraging. I love it. Yeah. It's already gone, by the way. I mean, every month we give, and every month the Kingdom Builder Task Force sits down and they go, okay, who do we need to fund? Who do we need to give it away to? We've already committed these dollars, so we already know where it's going. It's just a matter of who's going to get it and when are they going to get it. So, guys, that's really encouraging. I'm excited. It's all gone, though, right? And there's still much more to be given. We've already been helping missionaries that are live-dead missionaries that have put their lives at risk in Arab countries where it's illegal to be missionaries. And they're there telling the people about the good news of Jesus Christ. We've been a part of planting churches in the country of Honduras. We've been a part of keeping campus ministries in our secular campuses, helping to change the spiritual trajectory of young adults that have gone into school thinking they're going to be a lawyer, and they come out and they're going to be a missionary in some foreign country. That's what you guys have been a part of. You've been planting churches in Cuba, and you've been raising up the next generation of Cubans by helping to support them through Bible college in Cuba, by the way. Yeah, in a communist country, there's Bible college. Can you believe that? And you're a part of supporting that. You're helping students get credentials so that they can go and plant more churches in Cuba. You've been putting meals in the mouths of hungry people and water in the mouths of thirsty people and shelter over the heads of people that have lost it because of, you know, earthquakes and floods through our partner Convoy of Hope. Through church multiplication, you've been a part of planting over 170 churches here in America, even during a COVID year 2020. And we know that every new church that gets planted is like a rocket ship of seeing people find Jesus and lives being changed. And not just that, but in our own backyards. You've been a part, if if you've been a kingdom builder, you've been a part of putting food on the tables of families in south central Nebraska and western Nebraska who were going without You've been a part of helping them pay rent. You've been a part of helping them, you know, put, keep the lights on in their house. You've even been a part of helping the homeless that are in our area. That's what you've been doing this year. And that's what the $305,000 has been doing. But there's much more to be done this year. And that means the goal that we still have, 
that we want to invest this year between now and the end of the year. How many weeks do I have between now and the end of the year? Somebody, come on. A few? Okay, good. Yeah. Six, five, something like that. This is the goal. The goal for all of us is this miracle offering today that I'm coming to you with. It's the difference between what you've given and the faith goal that we set. Our miracle offering that we're shooting for today is $77,432.50. And I just happen to believe that if all of us listen to what God's speaking to our hearts, that we could be a generous people, that we could still meet all of the extra needs that are still out there to be met. And I believe God can do that today. The impact of our church that's been made through Kingdom Builders has only come through your generosity and my generosity. And today, guys, I feel compelled just to lead us spiritually in what does true biblical generosity look like. So I want to take you to a passage of scripture found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-7. through 7. If you don't have a Bible, you don't have it on your, you know, your iPhone following on version or whatever, it will be on the screens. It says this. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, and by the way, Paul, the Apostle Paul, right? The man who probably knew Jesus better than anybody. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Corinth here. He goes, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the church in Macedonia. A church that is north of you. A church that, you know, a whole group of people. I want you to know what God has done through his kindness in this church in Macedonia. Okay, so listen to what, what they've done. They're being tested in many troubles, and they're very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they have, they have gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did, it, they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the, the privilege to share in the gift of the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was given themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you, encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, you excel in your faith, um, your, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for others, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. Paul writing to the church of Corinth, using another church as the example of what true generosity looks like, he says to them, look, I, I don't want you to miss out on something. I, want, I don't want you to miss out on this act of generosity. I don't want you to miss out on this act of giving. Of what? What were they doing? They weren't just giving to themselves and building, you know, bigger buildings for themselves and, you know, just making lavish meals for themselves. No, they were, they were giving so they could give it away. They were giving so they could give it away. I want you to notice, let's, let's go back to verse 2. Let's start there. I want you to see the Macedonian church. Here's what they did in verse 2. They overflowed with rich generosity. You see it here? They overflowed with rich generosity. Even though they were faced with what? Many troubles and they were very poor. Overflowed with generosity, but they faced troubles and they were poor. So this, this generosity has nothing to do with what you have. It has nothing to do with what you're going through. In fact, I would say to you that that scripture is a little bit of what we've been walking through. We've been walking through some troubled times. We've been walking through some times where some people have been going, you know, without. And even while we've been going without, you have been stepping up and you've been, gener you've been generous. I love that about you. 
You're just like the Macedonian church. They were going through troubles like famine, though. Not, not just pestilence and, and, and viruses, but famine. And famine is a much more difficult thing to go through than just a virus. Famine is a much slower death. It's a very painful thing to go through. It's a very painful thing to watch somebody go through, right? And they were also going through persecution where the government and, you know, other groups of people were coming against the church and, you know, believers were being killed, you know, even for their faith. But they overcame these obstacles and they overcame the excuses because they had every reason to not be generous. They had every reason to try to hoard everything for themselves, but they overcame it by this amazing factor that we found in verse 1. Look at how they overcame it. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the church of Macedonia. Does it sound like kindness to you that people would have to suffer through famine? Does it sound like kindness to you that people would have to suffer through persecution? But God, in his kindness, even though they were going through troubled times, was allowing them to be generous. Guys, it was the grace of God that was coursing through them. They were sensing the anointing of God. They were sensing the kindness of God. They were walking in the relationship with God. And they were like, man, we cannot keep this to ourselves. I want you to notice that God did not forget the church of Macedonia, even though they were walking through their own troubles. And if God didn't forget them, and he used them in a profound way that is written about in God's word for eternity, for all of us to read, for as long as mankind is on this earth, we will read about the generosity of the church of Macedonia that went through times of trouble. May it also be said about us that while we walked through our seasons of trouble, that we were a generous people. God didn't forget about them. And he's definitely not forgot about us. Right? So if you've been gripped with fear, You've been gripped with worry, right? During this COVID season, here's what we should do. We should do what the church of Macedonia did. They leaned in to the kindness of God. They leaned in to the grace of God. They didn't let the struggles keep them from God and keep them from acting as the hands and feet of God. No, they leaned into the kindness of God. They said, God, in the midst of suffering, in the midst midst of famine, in the midst of persecution, I lean in and I'm thankful for everything that you've done. I'm thankful, God, for who you are. Guys, I just want you to know, New Life Church is definitely not a church that's driven by fear, and we're not driven by worry. We are a group of people that are driven by faith, just like the church of Macedonia. In fact, we're driven just like them with audacious faith. That's who we are. That's what it means to be a New Lifer at North Platte, at Ogallala, online today, or here at our Kearney campus. We've kept our eyes on the goal of building God's kingdom even though we've been walking through times of suffering. That's encouraging. I I would hope that you would feel encouraged by that. I would hope that you would feel collectively together like what, we've given away $305,000 this year? Yeah, and you know what, we could have probably given away twice as much of that because how much need was there this year? It's all a matter of our faith. It's all a matter of how audacious our faith will be as we move into 2021 Are we going to pull back? Are we going to be like the church of Macedonia? And are we going to lean in to the kindness of God, right? And overflow in rich generosity, no matter what we're facing. I also want you to know this about generosity from the Macedonian church. Look with me at verse 3. Look what they did. They gave far more than what they could afford. 
And they did it out of their what? Own free will. Nobody was pressuring them to give. Nobody was lording over them. There wasn't some leader that was demanding some dues from them to be a part of the Macedonian church. No, in fact, they gave far more than what they could afford. Isn't that interesting? Far more than what they could afford. See, true generosity, guys, it comes out of conviction, not condemnation or peer pressure. True generosity doesn't come from peer pressure. True generosity comes from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in one of those moments where, you know, the doorbell rang, somebody knocked on your door, and you know, how many of you guys are now at this stage of life where someone rings the doorbell and you're like, what in the world? What's somebody doing in my house? Isn't that weird? Like, that's the way it, ought to, that's the way it used to be. And now it's like, did you invite somebody? I didn't invite anybody, you know? So anyways, you make your way to the door, right? And you kind of look out. Does your door have glass on it or whatever? And you look out and you don't see anybody, but yet you open the door anyway, only to find out there's a child standing there in front of you with a bag of popcorn bigger than you've ever seen in your life, a box of cookies, a big smile on their face, and you open the door and you're like, can I help you? And they're like, do you want to buy some cookies from us? You weren't expecting anyone. And now they want you to buy the cookies, the candy bar, or the popcorn. You don't really want any of them, do you? Well, sometimes you do. But they never have the product right then. Sneaky, sneaky. We're going to take your money. We'll give you the product later. Are you sure? Are you really? Are you legit? Show me your license. But you give them the money. You give it to them. You don't even give it to them with generosity. You give them out of peer pressure, guilt, and shame. That's what you do. The same thing happens. You ever get those phone calls? Worthy, worthy organization, okay? Worthy organization, you get a phone call about a fundraiser thing that they're doing, and they want you to support them this year. Let me just tell you the two calls I've, get, I've gotten, fire department and police, right? And it's, it's always like, how can you say no? How do you like, if you say no, you're like anti-American. You say no, you don't believe in the police? What? And it's always some guy with like an East Coast accent on the other side. Hey, you want to support us or not? Oh, you know the voice. Yeah, that's right. We got one, one guy here at the Carnegie campus. I should have him do that for you. And then you guys would be like, oh, he's the one making all the phone calls. I mean... You, you believe in those organizations. In fact, I love those, those people, by the way. And New Life Church, just so that I can go on the record, right? we, we, we believe in the police and we support our police department. All right? Just going on the record. Just going on the record. And the fire department and any other group that calls asking me for money. Right, but you give it because you don't want to be seen as opposing those things, but you don't do it with generosity. And have you ever given to one of those things? You said you would give, but then you didn't follow through with it? Oh, they'll remind you. <laughs> they'll let you know. Don't worry about it. Don't worry if you forgot, because they're going to let you know. But it's not from generosity. See, Christ-centered generosity is driven out of, the, out of a desire to participate in the mission of God. That's what the Church of Macedonia was doing. They were given because they loved the mission of God and they wanted to be a part of it. They were thankful for all that God had given them. Even though they, even though they didn't have hardly anything, they were poor, the Bible said. 
But they, they were thankful for what God had given them. That's where true generosity comes from. They were giving out of faith, believing that, God, you will take care of all of our needs if we bless you and we put you first. That's what true generosity is. True generosity doesn't just take care of ourselves, it blesses others. But guys, through this whole COVID season, we've been living in this just-in-case mentality. A just-in-case mentality. Here's, let me give you an example of how the just-in-case mentality has hit all of us. Back when toilet paper was hard to find, which by the way, I just read in the paper today that it's now hard to find again on the West Coast. It's coming again, people. Just in case you can't find any toilet paper, there are people right now that have closets full of toilet paper. Just in case. Just in case I can't find those Clorox wipes, just in case. I've got whole rooms full of them, just in case. We've got shelves stocked full of food, just in case we can't get any. We've got, I mean, gun sales have shot through the roof, ammo sales shot through the roof, just in case that little kid shows up selling those candy bars again. (laughs) And is really, really trying to rob my house. Just in case. We've done all these things just in case. And all of us have been caught in it. I've been caught in it. When we were down to one or two rolls of of toilet paper, I was definitely in a just in case, honey, you find some, buy it all. That's where I was at, and you were too, by the way. We were all there, so I'm not beating us up over it, but there are many people around this world, they don't get to live in the just-in-case mentality. They're living, they're living like item by item. Their shelves are barren. And today, right now, in the midst of all of this chaos that's going on in kingdom builders and in our generosity, I think the rest of the world, in all of their need, they're asking you today, are you going to fill your shelves today just in case? Or are you going to put one thing on my empty shelf today? I think that's what generosity is. Generosity is recognizing that there are many that are hurting much worse than I am. The families in El Salvador that are hungry are wondering, are you going to fill your shelves just in case? Or are you going to put one meal in our mouth? Because we don't have another meal to plan for. The Cubans you know, who are feeling called to plant a church, are you going to you know, fill your shelves and your, your, your you know, closets full of ammo just in case? Are you going to help me get my degree so that I can be a church planter because the communist country demands that they have a degree to plant a church? It's not because they, they don't need to have it or want to get it. The communists want it. They demand it. And if you've got a degree, then you can plant a church. Mothers trapped in sex trafficking. Right? Are you going to minister to me? You're going to help me get out of this? Or are you going to just in case just keep filling your shelves? Guys, we're a blessed people. We are a blessed people. And no matter what we're facing right now, we are a blessed people. You cannot outgive God. The more generous you are, the more God blesses you and he pours it out upon you. And by the way, that's where you find great joy. And I believe the church of Macedonia, although they were, they were poor, and although they were suffering, and although they were, you know, giving beyond what they could afford, I believe that that was probably a church you walked into, and that was a bunch of joyful people. That was a bunch of people that when worship started, they were excited to worship. That was a bunch of people they knew how to pray. That was a bunch of people that, man, they shared life with one another. That was a bunch of people they walked in, right? They may not have smelled the best. They may not have looked the best, but they had the best smiles. They were a joyful people. Let me share share some other stuff about generosity out of this passage. In uh, verse 5, it says this. Like, I want you to see, like, where did all this generosity come from, okay? I want you to notice this, right? They even did more than we had hoped. 
Watch this. For their first action, the very first thing they did was not to give. They didn't give from their wallet. That wasn't the first thing. What was their first action? Their first action was what? To give themselves to the... Guys, that's where generosity comes from. Our first action is to give ourselves completely to the Lord. You know what I love about New Life Church? New Life Church is a place that we all strive to first give ourselves completely to the Lord. And I love that about you. And I love that about our church. That that's who we are. We are a people who first want to give ourselves to the Lord. Why? Because we've come to realize that, guys, if Jesus is in first, nothing else matters. Because you do realize that God's not impressed with how much you give. Right? He's not impressed with how many zeros are behind your checks that you give, whether it's in tithe or it's in generosity through kingdom builders. God's first looking for this. Have you given yourself to me? And that's why through giving at New Life, we've committed to a two-bucket giving. Because we believe a two-bucket giving is a biblical style of giving. The first bucket is called tithe. All right? And we honor the Lord. We give ourselves to the Lord first by honoring him with a tithe. A tithe just simply means 10%. 10% of what? 10% of what I earn. Guys, that's how I've lived my life for decades. I've first given myself to the Lord. Because I have been faithful giving myself to the Lord in the tithe, guess what I get a chance to be a part of? I get to be a part of kingdom builders. I get to be a part of generosity giving. These are the two buckets. We first give ourselves to the Lord so that secondly, we can be a part of what God's doing around the world, being generous. We have to first give ourselves to the Lord. If you want to start having a heart of generosity, start with first giving yourself to the Lord. I want to show you one last thing about the Macedonian church, though. In verse 7, here's what it says. Since you excel, and remember, Paul's writing to the, the church in Corinth, so now he's flipped the table. All right, now he's talking to them. He goes, look, since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, you know, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, um, and your love, <clears throat> and your love from, uh, for, you know, from us, I want you, look, to excel also in the gracious act of giving. I want you to excel also. Just like the church of Macedonia, I want you to excel also. So just like Paul wants the, the Corinth church to excel in the gracious act of giving, guys, I want that for you as well. Why? Because I want you to know God more deeply. When you excel beyond, beyond the tithe, when you excel in the gracious act of generosity, there's something about that that causes you to get to know the heart of God more. Kim and I, we started the, the year 2020 with incredible faith. Anybody else with me? Like We started the year with like, God, there is nothing impossible for you to do. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then quickly we went to, God, where are you? You guys join me on that one? God, nothing impossible. And then, man, all of a sudden we're in the midst of chaos. And you're like, God, where are you? But I'm sad to tell you, and I'm humbled to tell you, that God did something in our lives back at the very first week of February that I wish that God didn't have to keep reminding me of. But he did. Back of the very first week of February, when we cast the vision for Kingdom Builders and we set the goal for 2020, that day I asked you to do two things. I asked you to set what you can do, you know, generously. Like, what can you give monthly out of your own budget or annually out of your own budget? 
then I also encourage you to kind of believe for God. Like, God, if you were to give us X amount of dollars, we would love to be generous above and beyond our budget. Kim and I have done that. We've given monthly. And then that week, we wrote down on a piece of paper, and we turned it in, you know, to Rihanna, so she had a count of it all. We said, God, if you were to give us $5,000 this year, we would love to give it above and beyond what we could give. $5,000 more. Guys, I set that goal on Sunday. By Friday, I had $5,000 extra. I made, a, I made a trip that week to California. And you guys, some of you guys heard the story. I made a trip to California, United Airlines. I got out to Palm Springs where my meetings were at. When my meetings were over, I went back to the little Palm Springs airport to fly out. But because of a snowstorm that was happening in Denver that my plane had to go through, they had already canceled one flight and then combined two flights, and now there was too many people to get on the one flight. So we jump onto the airplane, and every seat's full, and it's the airplanes that fly right out of Kearney here, the 50-passenger uh, jets. And Kim and I are sitting in row like three, two seats, an aisle, and two seats. And I can hear the commotion of everything going on up there. And many of you know that I'm a pilot, so I can understand what they're talking about. They're talking about weight and balance and, you know, the plane being too full and so on and so forth. And I just lean to my wife quietly and I say, honey, they're going to ask for some people to get off this plane. I'm guaranteeing you. Because the captain just walked by and he, and he said to the other stewardess, he goes, um, basically, they were like, well, basically, who's going to tell the people? And the captain's like, I'm not telling somebody they got to get off. And he walked into the cockpit, right? Smart man. And he left the nice little lady to get on the, the intercom system. I told, I told my wife, as soon as, I don't care what they offer, it doesn't matter, it's Friday, and we still have Saturday to get home for Sunday for church, take it, whatever they say. The lady comes on, she's like, uh, excuse me passengers, uh, the flight is too full, we're, we're overweight, and uh, because of the snowstorm we have to carry extra fuel. <laughs> I already knew this. And so we're going to have to be able to circle longer to be able to make our landing. So because of that, I need four passengers to get off. And we're giving $1,800 a piece. Bam. Kim and I, our hands went up. I mean, how many guys would get off a flight for $1,800 if you got another day to get home? And by the way, they're going to take care of your meals and your hotel. Okay? $1,800. Well, 18 and 18 doesn't equal five. So we all walk in. They got to get our bags off of the plane. It was just chaos, guys. 45 minutes later, we're still standing in the terminal. Okay, there is no hotel to give us in Palm Springs. There isn't any more flights in Palm Springs. The other flights are out of Ontario, California. So that's about a, an hour and some you know, distance drive. They're going to have to get a, uh, a cab to take us that far, which was a couple of hundred bucks, by the way, that they paid for. And during this whole time, all of a sudden, she calls her manager, and she's like, yeah, I got these four passengers. They've been here for 45 minutes, and you can almost hear the manager on the other end. Just give each of them $2,500 and get out of there. <laughs> so she goes, we're going to be giving each of you $2,500 and get you guys out of here. And Kim and I, Kim and I, in the ride on the taxi ride over to Ontario to stay in our hotel and to fly out the next day, said, wow, God, we, we said we would... We would give 5000 if you gave it to us, and you just put $5,000 in cash that can be used for United Airlines, which, by the way, we have started to use, and we'll use more of it, by the way, because, we, it, because of COVID, they extended it all the way into next year. So we can use it for two years instead of one, and we're going to help send people on global outreach trips that have never been for the very first time, help pay for their airline tickets or whatever. And God gave us the $5,000 to give. Now, now this is, that was an awesome story that's never going to happen to you or me again. All right? My point is this. 
God, unfortunately, had to remind me about the $5,000 that he gave to me in February when times were in their dark moments, when COVID kicked in. And I was worried about our church, and I was worried about, God, how are you going to take care of our staff, and how are you going to take care of things, and giving just tanked for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden, it just, bam, it rebounded. And God had to remind me, hey, was I faithful with the 5000 Did you trust me with that generous? Yeah, and when, guys, when I got back, Monday morning, I walked into Rihanna's office, and I went, bam, I slapped them down on the desk. I gave those things away as fast as I could give them away. Why? Because God gave them to me, and he wanted to be used for his kingdom. So I just gave them, like, instantly. Right? And I walked away from him. I said, this is the churches. Use it. Guys, God's had to remind me of that over and over and over again. And sometimes it, when we act generous and when we step out, right, and we excel in the gracious gift of generosity, God's wanting to do that because he's going to use that to remind us about his faithfulness. And he used it to remind me of his faithfulness. And it'll pull you in. And it'll take you deep. And then we continue to give generously throughout the year, every month, faithfully, this giving to kingdom builders, like many of you. And I'm, I'm excited to say that because of, you know, that generosity, guys, foster care kids, you know, have been able to commit their lives to Jesus Christ. Because of your generosity and my generosity, single moms in India have been found, found trades and are able to take care of their families, and hungry children in El Salvador have been fed, and Bibles have been put into the hands of prisoners around the United States, and men and women and teens that have been addicted to drugs and to alcohol have found freedom, and the bonds of that have been broken off of them, and families have been healed because of your generosity and my generosity, and that's taking our hearts deeper and deeper with God, but there's still more to be done in 2020. I want you to hear from one of our Kingdom Builder partners, Convoy of Hope, thanking you for your generosity in this year and the impact that it's made. Take a listen to this. Greetings to Pastor Jeff Baker and all of our friends at New Life Church. I'm Brad Rosenberg, Chief Program Officer here at Convoy of Hope. What a privilege it is to share with you today. I wish I could be there in person to thank you for all you have done. In 2020, New Life Church has given over $32,500 to deliver help and hope to millions of poor and suffering children and families. In an unprecedented year, when historic numbers of families have struggled to meet basic needs, the partnership with New Life Church and your Kingdom Builders Initiative have allowed Convoy of Hope to serve more than 150 million meals through the local church and we're not stopping there. Despite the pandemic, we continue to feed 300,000 children every day around the world. We're helping thousands of mothers each year start their own businesses and feed their own children. And our agriculture team are training thousands of farmers in developing countries to help increase their yields. New Life Church, you are helping make this happen. Your radical generosity is impacting families around the world by showing them they are not forgotten. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. God's love is moving mightily through you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. It's powerful, right? It's powerful. So thank you for being kingdom builders. That's the impact that you're making. And today that brings us to the miracle offering. It's been my desire ever since we thought of the idea of 
presenting a miracle offering moment that all of us could experience a miracle of God working together. That I wanted every single person that heard this message online and at all of our campus to be able to participate. And so if you came into any of our campuses today, then you were given an, an offering envelope. If you have that offering envelope, I just want you to take it out with you, okay? Um, you may not have any money, and that's okay, because I want you to hear me on this. I want every single person to be a kingdom builder, because I want you to experience the joy of generosity. I want you to experience the, the depth uh, of God's heart when you are generous, right? I want you to experience the joy. I want you to excel in the gracious act of generosity. I want you to sense the kindness of God that he's provided to you through giving, so I want every single person to take one of our offering envelopes. Mine's already filled out, and uh, Kim and I have already put our, our money um, in here. Uh, we typically give online, and many of you do. If you've given online, I still want you to have an offering envelope. Um, I, I, want you to, I want every single person to be able to fill out this offering envelope and participate in one of these few ways. Maybe you'll be like Kim and I, and you'll just complete your 2020 Kingdom Builder goal. And that's what Kim and I are doing. We're just doubling up. We're giving what we're going to give in November and December. We're just giving it at one time. Um, many, many of you maybe are for the very first time going, well, I want to be a part of giving to Kingdom Builders, but you know, I don't have much to give. That's okay. The Church of Macedonia didn't have much to give, and they were just generous anyway. So whatever that looks like, right? If you're going, well, I don't have the cash here, but I want to give, then just write down the amount you want to give and just you know, kind of in parentheses to say online, right? And just say, I'm going to give it online. If you've already given to Kingdom Builders this month, right? Then I just want you to put that amount down and say, you know, already given online. Just write it in there and then, you know, when you seal it up, no one will see it. Uh, we'll, we'll turn it in. Rihanna will, you know, count it all up. And I want you to mark down if you've already given online. But I also want you to consider this, like maybe you're new to our church and you're like, man, I love this Kingdom Builders thing where you guys are just giving this, this money away. It's not just being used on, on us. Um, you're being generous with it. I want to be a part of that. Then set a 2020 Kingdom Builder goal, Okay? Between now and the end of the year, uh, you just say, God, I want to give, give this much. And I just want you to write that down and just put 2020 KB goal. Just write that on there, right? Uh, and just, just fill it out. But every single person could do something, even if it's five bucks, right? Or it's 500 or it's 5,000 or it's 50,000. I have no idea what God's speaking to you. I just know this. Like, we got a miracle offering that we're shooting for that's $77,000, and I believe at all of our campuses, and you that are online today, you can do this, although you don't have an offering envelope, you just get on your phone, you can give online right now, right? Or give online somewhere between now and the end of the year. But let's all be a part of this, and let's see God do something miraculous through New Life Church and through our generosity. I want to give you an opportunity to fill that out. If you've already filled it out like Kim and I, then take these next few seconds, and literally, I'm going to give you about one minute to fill that out and to pray, pray about it. While, uh, while we play this video of just some of our 2020 Kingdom Builder partners. So if you are feeling scared or doubting whether being a Kingdom Builder is something you should be a part of, I just want you to know that if you take that step of faith that God will just honor you and he really does bless you.
campuses of you to stand. Just take your, uh, your envelope in your hand, whether there's money in it, a check in it. Does anybody even write checks? Um, whether you're going to give online, right? It's empty. And I just want you to take this thing, hold it in your hand, right? And then just, we're just going to place this on our heart, over our heart, symbolically. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, as we wrap up this message today, we're reminded of your work that you did through your kindness at the Church of Macedonia, where you taught them to be so generous, even beyond what they, what they could probably afford. And, and that, Lord, they just acted out of that generosity, because first they dedicated themselves to you, and then secondly they said, God, how can we participate with what you're doing? And Lord, it, what's, what's representative in, in this envelope is how we want to participate with you and what you're doing through Kingdom Builders to reach people and to tell them the good news of Jesus and see their lives changed, see hunger um, dissipate in the stomachs of, of uh, children, to see you know, mothers find occupations to take care of their families, to see wells that are dug so that you know, water, fresh water can be, can be had. And yet at the same time, through all those things, the gospel is being presented for missionaries that are scattered around the world that are working today on behalf of your kingdom. But all of the partners that we have from our backyard here in Nebraska and all of our individual towns to the ends of the earth, God, would you use these dollars to love on people? Would you use these dollars to lead people to you? Would you use these dollars of generosity, uh, Lord, to see people find Jesus and lives change? And Lord, I pray for this church that's generous. And I pray that they would sense your joy right now. They would sense your kindness that they would excel in gracious generosity and they would go deep with you. That their heart would know the heart of God greater than ever because, God, you are the one who established generosity through your son Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. And now you ask of us to join you in that same trait, that same Christ-centered trait of generosity. Today, God, we're believing you for a miracle. And I'm trusting you, Lord, that you will, you will see fit in your heart to speak to every single person and that every single person would walk in obedience to you. And Lord, that $77,000 would be wiped away like nothing. And that we would give it away just as quickly as Kim and I gave that $5,000 away. Lord, we will be faithful to give that $77,000 away as well. Lord, we love you and we're thankful for what you're doing in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.